0: Hey everyone, join us as we talk about automation due to the pandemic and if that's good or bad for our economy, employees, and wages. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped Hey y'all, welcome to Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. We're continuing on with some current event topics that Kyle promised you all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've just, I haven't been really on the search for them as I see something pop up in social media or, you know, email has different news advertisements as I log in and if I see something that interests me, then I click on it. See if it'll be noteworthy.
1: All right. Well, what you got right now?
0: I think you're going to like this one. Well, let's see. It's about automation um, and increased automation from the pandemic.
1: Okay. Let's talk. (laughs) Now, look, this can be good and bad. I'm a computer geek and guru. But let me tell you, saying digital everything, automate everything is not the answer.
0: Well, this, is, this was kind of a longer article because it had both sides of the coin argued. It also has the potential to become polarized if, um, you know, we go down that rabbit trail, which we won't. Um, did you start a timer?
1: Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> I am horrible. I've got uh, we've got a software project we're working on, and I'm responding to Teams messages right now.
0: Okay, he was over there playing on his phone, and I was frantically eyeballing him to see if he had set our timer, and he didn't. No. Okay, so it starts out talking about uh, Kroger customers, that their groceries might be picked by a robot in a warehouse. Interesting. Uh, Gamers at Dave and Buster's in Dallas can order and pay for their pretzel dogs from a phone. No need to get a waiter. Um, and at a drive through lane at Checkers in Atlanta, your order might be fielded by voice recognition instead of a cashier.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, so it, it kind of just talks about how automation became more necessary when we were coming out of the pandemic because people were receiving their unemployment benefits <laughs> and... Business owners could not get people to come to work.
1: Now, I'm going to chime in here real quick and say that in itself, I think, is unfortunately a terrible reason to go for automation. If we are paying people to stay on their butts at home when they could get a job. That's a bad reason for automation. If the reason for automation is about growth and continual improvement and better product and service quality, that's a good reason for automation. But if we can't find people to do the work, that's probably a much larger problem going on. It's not like the people weren't there.
0: Yes, but when you consider the business owners, like it gives the example of this, uh, Checkers, which is a fast food restaurant. I don't think we have any here in Houston.
1: I haven't seen any. Um, I've seen them before, but not here.
0: She, you know, this franchise owner started working at a Taco Bell in high school and now owns three Checkers franchise restaurants in the Atlanta area. Hmm. And so when the pandemic shut so many restaurants down, drive throughs became very, very busy. This is true. And she could not hire workers to keep up with the demand, okay, and she was working behind the cashier herself. Well, no, that that had I, I'm, not.
1: I'm, hey, look, that I'm fine with. There's look, there's this huge debate now. It's been going on since the I guess probably the first person hooked an ox to a cart is if we have some technology to do the job that a person could do, that's bad. So just clarify there. I'm a computer geek that likes automation for improvement, not a computer geek that's in favor of just putting people out of work.
0: Yes. I just have to clarify that. Yeah. So uh, this, like I said, this article kind of argues both sides. It says, you know, the quick reopening of businesses um, led to a demand because all these people were laid off. Right. And now everybody's opened back up and we need these people to come back to work. Right. But they're at home collecting unemployment, which was not just... Unemployment, which is usually, what, like 60% of your income? Yeah. A it lot of people were
1: making more than these joints paid.
0: Unemployment plus a bonus, for lack right. of a red, better word, every week. Plus, we're going to give you two two stimulus checks, three. Yeah. I don't know how many we all ended up getting. Um, and, and so they're sitting at home saying, well, I'm not going to go back to work for eight dollars an hour, ten dollars an hour, whatever the fast food restaurants are playing when I can stay at home and get this money. So this article framed it in like, well they were able to be more picky about their jobs and leverage pay. Like, well if you want me to come back to work, then you need to pay me more money. That might be and and so then the argument is, well, if you're not gonna come back to work then i will find a computer that can do the job for you
1: <laughs> i yeah, i agree <laughs> with that too because the argue,
0: you know this franchise owner said you know i could pay them 14 to 15 dollars an hour that's what they want to come back to work she said but then i have to raise my prices right so much that people are going to quit coming here right. and i'm not going to have the money to pay them and right. they're going to be out of work again right so right what do you do i get it so she got the voice recognition to um, to help with the ordering, at least. And so there's some conversation in the article that, like, you know, it doesn't take away a person's whole job. It takes right. away one aspect of their job and makes it more manageable. Obviously, you still need somebody standing at that drive-through window to make the drinks and hand mm-hmm. the order out and do those <laughs> things
1: although there are some mcdonald's that have automated that process like you go to mcdonald's when you put your order in if you watch and some of them they've oh, the got cups. the yeah uh-huh. it's, it's, it's.
0: yeah um so it's kind of there's arguments on both sides um a partner at a consulting firm Cited an example of a client in manufacturing, and he had been getting his comp- wanting his company to embrace augmented reality technology in okay. their factories, and the company just wouldn't do it. Right, and so now during the pandemic, the only way to get experts to help Trevor troubleshoot, troubleshoot was remotely. I gotcha. And so now it's increasing flexibility. I mean, you know this. How many things have you done remotely now? Oh yeah. As opposed to before.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually looking into some technology right now uh, for remote audits. It's effectively a um, like a body cam that police officers would wear, um, but integrated with a walkie-talkie system that's hooked up through the company's local network or through the local cell provider. So, in theory... And This is just an idea that we're experimenting with, but in theory, you could ship that device to the auditee ahead of time. They put on the little body cam. It has the integrated walkie-talkie. So we're sitting there doing the audit remotely, but we're seeing everything they're seeing. Mm -hmm. We're talking to them like – There's some cool stuff.
0: You've already talked about that, like, you know, with Teams or whatever. It doesn't even have to be FaceTime. It can be Teams or a Zoom call, and they can just turn their phone around and show everything that's happening. And
1: if you can record something, oh, my gosh, that saves so much uh, time and effort. And it was really cool because we did it once. And I know I've talked about it before, but just so cool is I played the video that the guy recorded. And then we would pause the video and zoom in on an area. He's like, yes, that's what I'm talking about it was more effective than in person.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you have another client that's in Canada.
1: Yeah. And they've got a 14 day quarantine.
0: They really wanted you there in person. Yeah. But they have a 14 day mandatory quarantine. So it's like, well, I don't think you want to pay me to sit in my hotel room (laughs) for for 14 days.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's not like I'd even get to go sightseeing or nothing. I'd, I'd literally be locked in that room.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh uh and going back to the uh, franchise owner she said i don't want to cut jobs i would hire 30 people if i could find them yeah but they just don't want to come to work for what she wants to pay and she said before the pandemic she was paying about nine dollars an hour and she's even raised that to ten dollars an hour trying to get people to come to work and they just won't do it and she so she said the technology is easing the pressure on the workers that will come to work gotcha And I've seen that, like, you know, I've seen pictures being shared on social media at different, like, fast food restaurants, retail stores, whatever, like, we can't get people to come to work, be nice to those that are here. Yeah. Because not only can they not get people to come to work, but now customers are feeling frustrated because things aren't moving quick enough for us as customers and they're being rude to the employees that are there and so those employees are like i'm not getting paid enough to deal with this. i'll go back home yeah um so it's kind of a well i mean there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of planning pieces there i mean part of the uh the standards is um competence and training you know it's okay even though a fast food job is not the most technical job in the world but I mean, I worked at uh, worked retail, you know, through college, and it was kind of the same thing. Is like working retail is not necessarily the most technical of a job, um, but once I became supervisor, like I would literally interview fifty people to hire one person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it it's tough. It's tough. So yeah, it is, and it, it's
0: harder now, given the situation we're in. Yeah,
1: and you know, the entire reason businesses exist. Well, I say not the entire reason, but they couldn't exist without it, is to make a profit. Mm-hmm. If you can't make a profit and your labor is one of the highest sources of uh, expense for you, I mean, yeah, raising your prices just isn't going to work.
0: No. Because then you're going to lose profit. Um, so like I said, the article kind of goes back and forth to different people like, like the Checkers franchise owner sure. said, I don't want to have to do this but I have to do it because I can't get people to work so I have to ease... The burden on those that are coming to work. Um, There's another restaurant chain that they talk about called Meltwich. Again, I haven't heard of it. Um, It started in Canada. It's coming down to the United States. So they straight up said, like, we're trying to embrace technologies that cut back on labor. Yeah. And uh, they don't have to have somebody to grill burgers anymore. They have a grill press that does both sides and you just push a button and it goes.
1: Yeah. I've, I've even seen uh, another piece of technology for the same thing like burger flipping. And it has an A.I. on it to measure the um, how well the burger is cooked. So if you want your burger cooked to a certain temperature or whatever, mm-hmm. it will measure it. And they even did an experiment, <clears throat> and this is where I, I get on board with a lot of this automation stuff, is they did an experiment with the other line cooks, and they found that the computer more accurately cooked the burger than the person.
0: Well, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, so if we can provide a better product, quality, and service to someone, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Um, now, you still run into the issue of if we've got lost jobs. Now, I am not a uh, proponent of telling you know truckers and these type of folks, go learn to code. I I'm a computer geek and i don't enjoy coding i mean <laughs> you don't want to tell just anyone to go code but you know when you create these uh the automation systems the machinery the equipment those are all still opportunities for new jobs as well yes that's a whole so new manufacturing that's line.
0: what i consider as i was reading through this article they they will need people to manufacture the automation equipment yeah um the article talks about the grocery business and how for a very long time It's been uh, a resource for people without a college degree, a place that they can go work. Um, But even that is changing. We all know about the self-checkout lines. Like you see the memes about all the, you know, 30 (laughs) lanes at Walmart. Not one of them's open. They got six checkout lanes on the other end, (laughs) on each end. You know, I know so many people say, I don't get paid to work here. I'm not going to check out. I'm happy to check myself out, so I don't have to talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going
1: to say that. So, but no, you can you can start to provide a higher product quality, um, higher uh, level of service, and well, that in turn. Is how many more stores could you open, right? So, like this, uh, you know, the restaurant owner with Checkers, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, wow, if she could increase her profit margins by twenty or thirty percent, that's going to increase all sorts of opportunities to open up more locations, more branches, which still does mean more jobs, just mm-hmm. in different areas, right? So, uh, if automation is there to fuel growth, it's fantastic.
0: Um, I was going to finish talking about the grocery stores, so. They've already dwindled down cashiers with self-checkout yeah. lanes. Um, I did not know this. I haven't seen it. It says many stores have simple simple robots to patrol the aisles for spills and to check inventory. Hmm. Maybe they come out at night when nobody's there. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did
1: some work for a client a few years ago. They had a really cool solution. Now, it took a lot of effort to put into place. But they had these little RFID chips on all of the uh, parts. And so they had this huge laydown area. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, 100 acre facility. Mm-hmm. And so they would have someone drive around on one of these gators that had these arms stretching off to the sides of it. And it would scan the RFID chips on everything laying out on the ground. So they would just have someone go drive around the uh, facility once a day and it would geotag where every single component in this giant facility was. Wow, that was really cool.
0: That's crazy. So I guess that this is not that amazing then, because um, it says that Kroger in April opened a three hundred and seven seventy five thousand square foot warehouse that has more than a thousand robots. Wow, that bag groceries for delivery customers.
1: That's really cool. And
0: they're expen- experimenting with delivering groceries by drone.
1: Interesting. Well, the well whole, and
0: you see the commercials for Domino's yeah. about the automated car or, yep. you know, no person drives. So that's going to eliminate delivery. That to me is a little bit scary.
1: Well, I was uh, listening to an uh, Entree Leadership podcast recently, that Dave Ramsey's group. And I can't remember the name of the business, but they were talking about a pizza company where the entire pizza is made by robots. You order your pizza and it automatically presses the dough. It puts the sauce on it. puts everything on it. It bakes it for you and then puts it in. I'm sorry. It doesn't even bake it for you. They put it into a car that has an oven in it and it gets baked on the the way to your house. Mm. So when you get the pizza, it is literally out of the oven baked fresh.
0: Well, does it put it in a box before you get there? Yes.
1: It was a really cool idea.
0: Where is this? Does this actually exist? Yes. Where?
1: I, I don't remember. You're going to
0: have to find out. I'll and have put to find it in out. the show notes. I'll
1: have to find out. Well, it's on the Entree Leadership Podcast, so you can go find it.
0: I'll, make I it mean, easy for our listeners and me.
1: Well, then I need an AI that's going <laughs> to listen to this podcast <laughs> and automatically do everything for me.
0: No. No? Mm-mm.
1: Well, then you go find it. No. <laughs> But no, automation can be really awesome. The the problem I run into, other than what people complain about often, is that it's replacing jobs that people could have, which is an issue that has to be addressed. But
0: it also, as we discussed, creates creates new new jobs jobs in a different way.
1: Right, and it doesn't create new jobs that are coders. Well, it does, but that's by no means all it creates. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you take a smaller organization... And you tell them to automate a process. That is a huge investment, cash investment, time investment. You have to change your, your processes, your inspections, your checks, your measures. Everything changes. It's not as simple as just put a robot in there to do what the person was doing before or get an automated data collection. It really has to be thought out. So these are things that larger organizations are more aptly suited for. Um, but the one about the checkers that's what I'm kind of interested in because yes okay this is a big organization but this was a single business owner franchise yeah putting uh putting some things into place and, and that's really fascinating to me because that's where I, you know I care about the small business this is what we mm-hmm. focus on right so anytime I hear about all these great ideas I'm like okay fine so a multi-billion dollar organization did that wow that is cool but the majority of people in this country don't work for multi-billion dollar organizations. And I
0: know you say that, but I feel like it's a little bit more difficult for a multi-billion dollar organization to do that and disseminate it throughout the ranks and get people on board. The whole culture aspect that right. we talk so much about. Well,
1: I don't disagree with that, but I just look at the uh, the cash flow, mm-hmm. You know, the investment, right? Yeah. So if a small business makes that investment and it flops... They don't have as many opportunities to recover, whereas larger organizations can have all sorts of fun with the finances and the stocks and the buybacks and all this other stuff that we never see Mm -hmm. to fund these investments.
0: Well, obviously, this franchise owner is kind of a go-getter. She started working at Taco Bell in high school and has clearly worked her way up the ranks till she owns three franchises in Atlanta. So, you know.
1: We need to talk to her.
0: I'll see if I can get her on the show.
1: All right.
0: (laughs) I have to hunt her down.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening, y'all. If you have enjoyed this episode, like what you heard, or took away something uh, good from it, be sure to comment and subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Android, Google, you name it, we're there. Feel free to connect with me directly on LinkedIn. You can find me there, Kyle Chambers, and we hope to hear from you soon.